When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Update to the hibachi dinner. Uh, our entire producer crew hates hibachi. We're all in on it. Yes. It is a five-person dinner now with uh, others if we want to bring a plus one. Okay. The three of us, Justin Craig, our boss, is in, very in. Tim Legler has now committed nice. to the hibachi dinner. Nice. He's in on it. Uh, when he joined us last week, we made sure that we asked him about it. So this is, we may have to rent out the entire restaurant. Are we inviting any other shows we on may. the ESPN radio network? I think we can invite we everyone. May. Okay. Just oh. to make Pat and Giovante and Nuno feel terrible. Well, I mean, it. Chris Carlin already owes me a dinner from a bet that bring we him. had with the NBA playoffs last year. Love bring him. So not only would we bring him, but we could also get him to pay for it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, at exactly. least for you. Exactly. Where do we think Greeny lands on hibachi? Oh, I think he's in on it. You think he's maybe. in on hibachi? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Or though, I will say, I maybe out on it because of I, the I smell. Get a little, yeah, I get a little bit of a food snob vibe around Greeny. So Tim Legler said he was, what, 82.7% from the field when it comes to shrimp, catching, catching shrimp. shrimp. Yeah. I don't I don't know if Greeny would love no. catching shrimp in his mouth. No, I don't think he's going <laughs> to participate, participate in the theatrics of hibachi. I no. if, I had to, if I had to bet, I would say he's out on hibachi because of the smell it has on your clothing when you leave because you're basically in the kitchen, right? Yeah, that's true. And you yeah. have the smell of the chef and, and the It's food. like a bonfire. Yeah. I would bet he doesn't go because of that. But we have to extend the invitation to sure. him because you know how Greeny feels about not inviting him. The invite, stuff, not invite. Even though we know he probably won't uh, go. I'm, I'm with not, him. No, he's not going because he's just not going because he's not going to hang out with you guys. But, right. uh, Agreed. Oh, yeah. Wow, but, big time in us. I mean, and Carlin, wow. if, if I'm not there, Carlin might not show up either. Oh, so. oh, oh here he goes wow. Again. Here he goes. So you think Greeny doesn't want to hang out with us is what you're telling me, Nuno? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling it you. It doesn't sound, for based on how he said it, it doesn't sound like he thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like he's got some inside information. <laughs> Jeez. You know, we see him in the hallway. He's like, why didn't you draft me for this? Why didn't you draft me for that? He has, has me on a show regularly. Yes. Just, Including today, including by the way. Exactly. I'm, on, I'm on it today. And now wow. Nuno's saying he doesn't want to hang oh, out. Oh, this has to be addressed. It really. We have to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to go ahead and nominate you as a okay. member of the crew no to problem. address it. I, 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 I will accept the responsibility. Smart move, Smalls. Well done. Well done. He will get results. Chris Cantor will get results. Six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pound, eleven year Super Bowl champion lineman. Yes, smart move. Wearing a tie and a suit today. Look at that tie. That's a great tie. I may rob you of that tie. Really? I don't know how I would do that, but that tie is a beautiful tie. You've got good taste. You want to? Can taste. I feel the tie? I would like to feel the tie. You feel, I want to feel the this tie. Is, this, again, this yeah. is another socially awkward moment with Evan. Okay, it's a little less silky than I thought. I just less that silky. Out there. Yeah, okay. it's less silky. Okay, it's a good tie. Anyway, it's a beautiful uh, tie. thank you. I wanted to follow up on one thing we we're talking about with Kyler Murray and the whole thing about the Cardinals for whatever reason putting out the social media tweet like, like, "Hey, we we back you up here," even though like, who's talking about you right now? So you said, "All right, if they were going to trade him, the team that came to mind were the Raiders." Yeah. Okay. So let's hold do- on before we even go to that. Yes. Can, can we say this? Like, is this the NFL team's version 
of scrubbing a social media page. The like, reverse? The reverse of it. So, like, when players scrub mm. the social media because they think they're on the outs with the team. Like when Justin Fields Is, is this following. the NFL's team version of that? Like, hey, we're going to put this out there? Just so everybody knows that this player can be had, we're gonna we're gonna do that. So what is that called? What do is that the dance? reverse scrubs of the social media? I don't know, but it, it's it's kind- the reverse psychology though. It's but like, it yeah. is you're on to something. It's giving here. like we think he's great. Do you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> we need a name for this because you are absolutely on to. It's the vote of confidence. Yes. It's the it's the athletic it director the saying, of, you know, I really of. think that she or he is going to be our coach for the next five years. Oh, you know they're gone. They're <laughs> Did, did you just have you know chills in the middle of this? Yeah, it's so cold she in here. so cold in here, and I'm yeah. sweating. Uh, you have seven layers okay, on. Okay, anyway. Um, so, Kyler Murray, Raiders, was the team you brought up. Yeah. Who says no? Kyler Murray for the 13th pick in the draft. I'm getting somewhere with this. Oh, I would say the Raiders would say no. It's oh, not, really? It's He's not, not gonna, even worth no, the first round be. No, it's not going to be a first-round pick. I would say that it would be a second-round pick plus. Like, it might be a second-round pick plus some stuff. Some then I stuff. don't know how they get to... I don't know how they Second get into the top year, three. Second this year, next year. Because the whole like point of this is they got to get in the top three, right? Arizona has to get into the top three in order to make trading Kyler Murray worthwhile. Because what I, if you would have said yes to that, I would have said, would New England do four and 13 for three? And I think the answer may be yes. Mm. If you could somehow pull that off, because you need some, the whole point of this Kyler Murray thing is, is Arizona satisfied with their quarterback? Maybe, right? They did the vote of confidence yesterday, which is a, you know, a kiss of death. But how do they get into that top three? You've got to give up maybe next year's first rounder, this year's first rounder. I don't know how they well, do Arizona's that. Arizona's got two first rounders, don't they? But high and uh, let's see here. They've got four and twenty-seven. I don't think that's enough. Well, I mean, if you if I've given you four and twenty-seven plus something else. Oh, okay, yeah. Now we're yeah, talking. Yeah, if I'm giving you four, four twenty-seven in next year's first, not next year's first, but maybe a second round pick next year. I mean, something of, of that ilk. Yeah, I think you could you could convince somebody to do that. Okay, so this I think you can convince the Patriots to do that. Mm. Yeah. Does this make every I mean, team that's in three your mind better? Premium players. Big time. So let's do this based on this this Kyler Murray hypothetical. So four twenty seven and a second to New England for three. Yeah, second next year. Second next year to, for, yeah. to New England for three, and then Kyler Murray to the Raiders for a second next year. You recoup the second next year. There you go. Makes everybody better. There you go. Does it make New England better in your mind? I don't know. I don't know, but it just depends on what New England thinks of these quarterbacks, what they think of the option that might be left on the board. And again, to execute something like this, you have to have a plan in place, but the draft has to fall the way that you think it's going to fall, right? Because if Jaden Daniels goes number one and not Caleb Williams or Drake May, then maybe the quarterback that New England had as its top-rated player at the position falls to them at three. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden they're not going to do it. But if they're stuck in the boat where they might be on the fence with Jaden Daniels, and they don't necessarily have any conviction that he's going to be the guy and they want to get out of the pick, their Arizona is at four, presenting them with an opportunity because they have multiple first-round picks this year and because presumably they would have some draft capital after flipping Kyler Murray. Okay, I think I I now have a a clearer view of the draft this year based on everything we just said, as odd as this sounds. Here's my prediction for the draft this year. We are going to see a team, whether it's New England or maybe even Arizona, trade down in the first round multiple times. Maybe the Bears. 
trade down multiple times and take advantage of the idea that we have multiple teams with multiple picks, that we have the top three quarterbacks, and then the draft kind of starts at four, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then the multiple offensive linemen. I believe that there is going to be a team that we're going to see in the first round within the top, let's say, seven of the draft, trade down multiple times and stockpile picks. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think there are candidates. I think Chicago is absolutely a candidate until proven otherwise. I think New England is a candidate. I do not believe Washington is currently a candidate. I don't think they would do that. I think they're going to take whoever's there at two for them and try to rebuild that franchise. But New England, Arizona is a candidate. If they now look at it the other way and say Kyler Murray is our guy, that we don't necessarily need to take a receiver at four. We need help all across the board. Let's get multiple picks. I could see a team in the top seven, eight of the draft, let's say, trading down multiple times and stockpiling picks. It would not surprise me at all. And I gave you some of them. Maybe they're the Chargers, maybe another team that could potentially do that if they want to get multiple guys because they're going to have to get rid of maybe Khalil Mack and maybe Bosa, one of the two. Hey, you know what? Get multiple picks and stockpile. It just feels like this is a draft. I don't know why, but it feels different than other drafts because we could see a team wheeling and dealing in a way that we haven't in the past. Am I crazy to think that? I, you know what? I think you are a little bit off on this one just because I, I don't see teams clamoring to get up at the fourth spot, especially if quarterbacks come off the board one, two, three. That's what I thought, Regardless too. of who the teams are that take them. I, I just don't see – I mean, I don't think that as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, you still have other guys at that position in this draft that are going to be damn good pros in their own right. Romo Dunze is one of them. Another one is um, – uh, what's the kid um, from what school? From uh, oh, the wide receiver. It's Romo Romo Dunze. It's Marvin Harrison. Malik Jr., Neighbors. Malik Neighbors from, from LSU. LSU. Um, you've got the Keon, other guy you mentioned from uh, from Michigan that you well, like. No, no, but Keon Coleman is another one that's projected to go in the first round. Like there are multiple Brock Powers to tight end. There are going to be a lot of pass catchers that you can get. And, you know, between that 5 to 15 range in the draft. So I don't necessarily see teams having the clamor to get up to get one of those guys. I just don't. So, I mean, if you've you've got – if you're in that position with Arizona, if you're at that four spot, knowing that that's going to be one of the pivot points in the draft, you've got to have a player that what you're going to do at quarterback. And if it doesn't involve getting up into the top three, then I do think they are – in position to take one of those pass catchers mm-hmm. to maximize what they're going to get from Kyler Murray. For sure. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. Talking about the uh, the Cardinals post yesterday and then in the draft along with it. We're going to get to the Bears in a little bit on some of the things going on with them because obviously they control so much of this with the draft uh, coming up this year. We've yeah. also had the conversation about do people try to find a way to call out for work <laughs> and do anything in their power <laughs> to call out for work. Shane in Virginia listening on 94.1. What's up, Shane? Good morning, guys. Morning. So I was calling the pitching uh, that the fact that most people would love not to be able to go to work, but most people are, aren't working salary. They need that money and that job, and some people are working multiple jobs. As much as they would love not to go to work, they, they have to go to work. That's a good point. Hourly employees, obviously, you know, if you make money by the hour, then obviously you're not going to voluntarily call out for work. I'm just – maybe I'm crazy. I just think a lot of people would try to find reasons to call out for work. Uh, Malcolm in the Bay Area watching on ESPN2. What's up, Malcolm? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a field service technician, so if I have trouble, I absolutely literally cannot go to work. Well, yeah, that makes sense. If you're, yeah, if you're on the road and, and you're a field service technician, then yes, you have to go from one place to the next. There's, that's obvious. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting a bunch of tweets out of Coridia with people actually saying that they would not go into work. 
that they would say if they had a car issue, if they had any kind of issue, they would look for any reason to not go into work. Just saying. You guys think I'm nuts. There are people out there that hate their jobs. I'm not burning the vacation day. I'm not doing it either. I'm not. Those things are like gold, especially yes, in the are. spring and summer. I'm not giving them away in the wintertime. No way. Not doing it. It's just not going to happen. I will, I'll deal with the car later, take an Uber to work just to save the vacation day. That's how much vacation means to me. Wow. You're calling out Javante that he did not take an Uber into work. Very interesting. Smalls no, v. No. Javante. Well, you got to get the, you gotta you get the tow truck. <laughs> but you got to get the tow truck to pick up the car first yes. before you Uber into work. Yes. But once the tow truck gets the car, then you go to work. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, will join us next. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Dan Graziano is here. ESPN NFL reporter heading to the Combine, covering it this week. Before he does that, he spent some time with us. Can you explain why the Arizona Cardinals felt the need to double no. down on, <laughs> <laughs> on their starting quarterback? What, what was that yesterday? It's very random. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, team social media accounts are very strange sometimes. I don't know why they decided to do that. Um I mean, he's there. Like, he played well at the end of the year. He came back healthy, looked good. He's got 35-plus million guaranteed money this year and another 30 uh, next year that's going to be guaranteed in a few weeks. Like, he's their guy. I think they're in great shape. I mean, they're sitting there at four. If the first three picks are quarterbacks, they end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and, uh, and, and on and on from there. But he seems to have connected with the new coaching staff. Uh, again, came back from the injury, played well, and, and I think they're, they're full steam ahead there. I don't know why they had to tweet it. Yeah, another thing that I don't (laughs) don't. understand (laughs) is what happened earlier this week with what Peter King said about the Chicago Bears situation and how Mm -hmm. the winds are blowing toward the Bears, keeping Justin Fields and potentially trading out of number one overall. I I just I I heard the reports that were out there that also said that the Bears could have the framework in place for a Justin Fields deal Mm -hmm. at the end of the combine this week. So, how do you see this situation playing out in terms of? understanding what the Bears' plan at number one overall is going to be moving forward. I think they've pursued parallel tracks, like what can we get for the pick and what can we get for Justin Fields? And, you know, if one of those answers is much, 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 much better than the other, then they have to consider it, right? Like if if what you're getting for Fields is a second-round pick 
and what you're getting for for the one pick is three first round picks. So you have to at least think about that, right? How far back are we moving? Can we use those picks to build around Fields? Do we believe in him long term? I still think the strong likelihood is that they stay put and make the pick and trade Fields, but I, I knowing Ryan Poles, their GM, and how deliberate he is and how considerate he is of all his options and how appreciative he is of having this opportunity for the second year in a row to have this asset, this number one overall pick, I think he wants to make sure and maximize it, and that means he will explore all possible options before making a final decision. And talking about Kyler Murray and Justin Fields, I'm thinking about your job right now, specifically this time of year when it's line season. People are throwing oh. out different things theories and smoke what's that like for you as an information person in the nfl trying to navigate through all of this uh it's miserable the, the um <laughs> jeff darlington put it really well a few years ago he said uh, the problem with the draft is as a reporter like everything people are telling you that they're okay with you reporting is is a lie and everything they're telling you that's true they don't want you to report so like it, it's just really um it, it can be difficult you just have to i mean Chris Mortensen taught me a long time ago to grade my sources, right? Like to, to keep track of who's telling me what and whether they turned out to be right oh, nice. and how often. Uh, it's difficult to do that, but you try at least mentally um, to take those notes. And, you know, to me, it's just I, I feel like the responsibility, unless you have hard news, you can report, which is great. I think the responsibility is you want your reader or listener to be prepared for whatever's going to happen, right? Like I don't. I don't know what the Bears are going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I know what I think they're going to do, but I don't know what they're going to do. So I don't want to sit here and say, "Oh, they're definitely staying put and drafting Caleb Williams." Because if I know if Ryan Poles shows up in Indianapolis today and and gets you know five first round picks offered for the not the that's not possible, but like for the number one pick, like yeah. he's going he's going to change his mind, right? So <laughs> so I think it's important to just to lay out the scenarios and and give the particulars, you know, in terms of free agency. In terms of things like, you know, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, like like tell people what we do know, which is what the contract looks like and what that probably means in terms of what the teams and the players can do about it. And and, um, you know, stick to what you do know instead of trying to throw darts. Talk with Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Another thing we saw on social media yesterday, Kirk Cousins on a tennis court, not playing tennis, but throwing the football. That means what to you? I. He's inventing a new sport. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, is that, what, what is that? Cle- like in your mind, he's cleared. He's ready to go. Like, no, why put I, that I think out? he's. I, I think he wants everybody to see. You know that that he that he's moving around okay and throwing the ball okay. I mean, he's. He, if the Vikings don't re-sign him, he's going to be a free agent. So it behooves him to have that out there. Like, look at me. I can. I can move around. I'm recovering from my Achilles injury. There's obviously no way he'd be ready to play now, but he didn't have to, right? I mean, we're months and months away from the season, so. If he does hit the market and teams are interested in him, that's one of the first questions they're going to have is what kind of shape is that Achilles in and how soon would we have you? So, yeah, th- I don't know why it had to be on a tennis. Is he, oh, I guess he's in Minnesota, so it's probably cold. Uh, so they're looking for an indoor place to throw. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why it had to be on a tennis court. But, yeah, I think that's, that's the message here is, look, I'm, I'm moving around okay. Hey, we saw Aaron Rodgers do it weekly, right, during the season. Yep. Show up, like wait for all the cameras to get out there and then show up and throw um, uh, before happened. the games, right? Uh, so, so this is just Kirk doing that, I think, just less, you know, obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, Dan, besides from the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, mm. who who are people in NFL circles looking forward to seeing when they get to Indy? What prospect do they want to get their eyes on? 
So uh, there's a number of different answers that touch on aspects of why the, why the combine is important. For instance, uh, Michael Penix, uh, right? Like he, his medical evaluation yes. is going to be important mm-hmm. because of his injury history. I think teams are going to be very interested to hear what the doctors have to say about, you know, what kind of shape he's in, what likelihood of, of recurrence of injuries, you know, going forward, that kind of thing. So it's a big week for him from that aspect. J.J. McCarthy is a player that a lot of teams really, really like mm-hmm. as a prospect, but they would all tell you we really haven't seen him do a lot, right? Because he didn't have to at Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were playing defense, they were running the ball. He did everything they asked, but there are NFL things that, that he wasn't asked to do in college, and, and they want to talk to him about you know processing and how fast he, he could do it, and then want to watch him throw and, and, and imagine what he's like in situations where he's under duress, which we didn't see a whole lot. And then... You know, I mean, a lot of the top guys aren't going to run, obviously, but the, it sounds like McCarthy and Knicks and Penix will throw. So how do you sort like out May, that? Uh, Have we heard on May yet? Yeah, is he, is yeah. he going to throw? So, yeah. so yeah, that's an opportunity for him because I think there's a big question about him and Jaden Daniels, who would be the second quarterback off the board. So mm-hmm. I think those are, you know, the, the quarterbacks. And then there are... You know, it, it doesn't. You don't hear a lot about the defensive guys in this draft, but there are no. some edge rushers. I think people want to sort through. Uh, I think the offensive tackles people like a lot. So, you know, what's your poison there at the top of the draft? If you're like the Jets and 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 you get to the ten pick and one or two of those guys is already gone, what are you looking for? And and uh, and what kind of traits do they have? So, yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I think there's. It, it really depends on the player and the team and the situation. But I think. Uh, especially at the quarterback position, there's still some things to sort out after Caleb. Dan, some NFL head coaches are not going to be attending the combine. Mm. Is this a big deal or is it them simply delegating these responsibilities to other people on their staff? So I go back and forth on this because I kind of understand their point. Like at the combine, it is difficult to, to walk 20 feet without being stopped by somebody. And if you're the head coach of an NFL team, the most visible person in your organization, the most recognizable person, like, Everybody, everybody you walk past, whether it's an agent or uh, uh, somebody looking for a job or someone like me, right? Like you can't do the stuff you're there to do because there's so much else going on. So I get why these guys are going to say, well, we can watch it on TV. We can do the interviews over Zoom and, and we're not going to be distracted by all this other stuff. So I, I see their point. But I also I also get to the idea that like the kids, the prospects are all there you know, getting tested and, you know, drug tested and poked and prodded and weighed. And it, it, it can be kind of like this sort of dehumanizing exercise, right? And if you're asking these guys to go through it and you don't feel like you have to show up, mm-hmm. that feels a little bit sort of, you know, uh, insulting, right? It feels a little disrespectful. And so I, I, I kind of go back and forth on that. I, I see why they don't want to go because of, of everything else that goes with it, but it feels like, it would be a small price to pay to to show up and 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 go through the process and, and and tell these guys that you're thinking about drafting that you're subjecting to all these other sort of physical and mental tests that you're willing to endure a little bit of discomfort as well. So the players, it's okay to be pulled in a million. That's what I'm saying, not, right? Not the coaches. That's okay. what I'm Got saying. Got it. Got it. That to me. Got that, it. That, that's why I have an issue. Yeah. With it, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This may be a dumb response to that, and my Belichick love may be mm-hmm. factoring in, but like he didn't talk to anybody. Right, because so like, he cultivated this, this sort of unapproachability. No, I mean, look, I, I, he, 
you know, if you ever watch Bill Belichick move around a combine or an owner's meetings, like the, the speed with which he walked and the, the look on his face and like it was you had to it took some it, it took some cojones Guts. to go yeah. up and talk to Bill Belichick. Like Sean McVay doesn't want to walk around like that. Like he wants to be your friend. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. So. Um. Yeah. It it can it can be done, but you know, once you win your sixth Super Bowl, I think that buys you a little. But bit. But that's not. But them co- those coaches not going to the combine yeah. is not indicative of them devaluing the combine. Uh, I think they're saying that there's aspects of the combine that we don't need to be there for. So is that devaluing it, or yes. is it? Yeah. yeah. So so then yeah, I, I would think I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean. You know, like once COVID happened in 2020 and everybody did every pre-draft interview over Zoom, then it became a thing that you could. It's kind of like here, right? Like, like, you know, you don't have to go in studio to do TV anymore, right? You can do it from your house. So it it becomes easy to do that. And I think uh, uh, I think we'd all agree that in our business, something is lost, right? When it's not everybody sitting together talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure that's true in the in the in the NFL pre-draft interview process as well. But I think these guys have decided that what's lost is not. Uh, nearly uh, what is gained in terms of productivity by being able to work out of your office. Graz, great job as always. You'll see him 8 a.m. Eastern on Get Up. Coming up, what if the Bears make the wrong choice no matter what they choose? We'll get to that next. (laughs) It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, my kids love this song. I woke up. My seven-year-old daughter walks around saying, I woke up in a new Bugatti. Wow. No chance she knows what that means. Neither does my son, who's 10. But they sing this song a lot. We're Your kids know what a Bugatti is. I don't even know that I know what a Bugatti is. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Now, some would believe that the Bears are actually in an enviable situation right now, right? They potentially could have a franchise quarterback in Caleb Williams or maybe Drake May, because CeCe's now got the Drake May thing in our minds. You did. You can't say a guy is that good and not think that we're going to react to it. I'm thinking. Sometimes CeCe gets mad when we listen to what he says and respect his opinion more than others. Yeah. This is the second time this has happened today where he said about Sean McDermott, it doesn't matter how I feel about it. Yes, it does. We think you're smarter than the people making the decisions. Sorry, deal with it. Anyway, I'm going to ignore him now and just go to you, Smalls. And he's, he's covering the draft, so I know I he's watching the film. I don't understand this guy. I, if, he's, if he's that high on Drake May, I'm believing him. He's the only person I've ever met that actually gets annoyed when we actually respect his opinion more than others. 
You know, you, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Now he's back. Okay. So in this scenario, the Bears are in an enviable position because if they keep fields, it means they have a million picks because they trade in one. If they keep one, it means they get a second rounder or something back for fields. But what if, Smalls? What if? But what if it goes terribly wrong? Uh-oh. Maybe it's because I'm from Illinois and all my friends live in Chicago. I, I understand the Bears fans' condition to expect things to go wrong, especially at the quarterback position. But, guys, I keep looking at this, and I'm thinking, what if the Bears get this wrong? And what if they get it disastrously wrong? Walk us through it. Okay. Here's the worst-case scenario that keeps running through my mind. Okay. And it does come back to you and the Drake May hype a little bit here. So what if they move on from Justin Fields? Let's just hypothetically say he goes somewhere like Atlanta. He is what they expect him to be. He has a lot of success in Atlanta. Okay. Maybe he doesn't win a Super Bowl, consistent playoff guy, top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Okay. Okay. Maybe he does win a Super Bowl. Who knows? They draft Caleb Williams. Even though this guy is supposed to be a transcendent quarterback, a franchise quarterback, we know even with all the hype and all the skill, a lot of times it's where you land and how the circumstances are around you. It really is a coin flip any way you cut it. So what if they draft Caleb Williams, having passed on C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams doesn't pan out? He doesn't become that generational quarterback. He's yet another failed quarterback in Chicago. Meanwhile, Drake May, who was sitting right there, goes on to be the C.J. Stroud of this draft. Oh, wow. So they move on from Fields, who has success elsewhere. They pass on C.J. Stroud, who looks every bit the, the part of a franchise quarterback. Caleb Williams doesn't pan out for them, and Drake May becomes the next C.J. Stroud. This is what I keep thinking about with the Chicago Bears. This has all the makings to me of like a 30-for-30 30 30 type draft, where they have had all these avenues not one year in a row, but two years in a row, and none of them work out. Well, uh, Illinois native Michelle Smallman has just become public enemy number one on ESPN 1000 today uh, in Chicago. So uh, welcome, because you are now the bullseye. You are the target now for everybody. Because this, they cannot get this decision wrong. They absolutely But you just played out them getting the decision wrong. So do we think that is impossible or very possible? Oh, it's very possible. Based on the track record of the organization? Thank you. Like, it's very possible. <laughs> like, like you know, Caleb Williams can just become the next in a long line of quarterbacks that have failed with top draft picks. Think about it. Cade McGown and Rex Grossman and Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Add Justin Fields to the list. Mm-hmm. They even traded a couple first-round picks for Jay Cutler once upon a time. How'd that work out for him? Like, it's just, like they, they keep burning through quarterbacks, and they've tried so many different avenues in order to figure this thing out and has seemingly never settled on a guy that can consistently put this team in position to compete for the division title and to eventually compete for Super Bowls. They haven't found that guy. So if you're a Chicago Bears fan, I get why you want to hang on to Justin Fields. It's, it's in essence, hedging against potentially picking the wrong quarterback in this year's draft class. Right. It's hedging against Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels being a bust. It's saying, you know what? If we hold on to the quarterback in Justin Fields, a known quantity, even though he might not be great, he can be good with all of the players we can put around him via these draft picks that we're able to stockpile by trading back in back-to-back years when we had the number one overall pick. I I actually get this from a Bears fan perspective. They're protecting their feelings right now. The devil you know versus the devil you don't. Well, it's not even just the devil you don't, but it's just, it's, I'm going to protect my feelings 
Justin Fields, although he might not be a top 10 quarterback, he's a good quarterback. He's going to give me some splashy plays, and he looks the part. So, okay, let's let's just see what we can make him into when we put all of these players around him. They're holding on to draft picks, and what do I always say about draft picks this time of year? They represent hope for franchises. So it's appealing when you say, hey, we can trade the number one overall pick and get three future first-rounders. That's appealing to them rather than taking a big swing with the number one overall pick on a prospect like Caleb Williams or Drake May. So really what you both are saying is it's not about the player. It's about the team. It's about the laundry, yeah. You're not suggesting that Caleb Williams will be a bust. You're suggesting that the Bears will bust at the quarterback position regardless of who it is. It's, it reminds me I'm of— I'm not saying that. I think that's what Bears fans oh, are thinking. Okay. I don't think they trust the team. I don't think they trust the team. And they have good reason not to trust I agree. the team. It's different people drafting, but I understand what you're saying because no matter who is drafting, It forever, doesn't matter, though. Yeah. There are some franchises that just cannot figure out certain positions. The Bears have not been able to figure out a quarterback. How many different coaches and general managers have they had a lot. Right. since Sid Luckman? Like uh, that's what it is. Jim McNabb, Jim McBain. I mean, that's that's what you got. And meanwhile, Green Bay and their division just keeps churning out. Right, right. The there, guy. Are some, there are some franchises that cannot figure out certain positions, yeah. and for the Chicago Bears, unfortunately, it's the most important position in all of team sports that you can't get right. And if I'm a Bears fan, it does feel a little bit more palatable to me to say, "Oh, well, we got all of these picks. We're going to build around Justin Fields." And maybe if that doesn't work out, that feels less painful than Caleb Williams not working out. You just brought right? up something about the Packers in comparison to the Bears. What's more abnormal that the Packers? always find a quarterback or that the Bears never find a quarterback? That the Packers Bears, always do. I would say the Bears never find really? a quarterback. Yeah, like That's usually, more abnormal. Usually you just run into it. You have a purdy. <laughs> uh, you usually just run into it. Man. At some point over like, the decades. At some point you just run into <laughs> now, it. Now could man. they argue? We're talking about 40, 40, 50 years since the Bears had a, a winning quarterback. It like has a been quarter- a minute. It's been a long time, dog. That is fascinating. And the- th- those names that you threw out there, Jake Cutler is the best of the crop. You That's know? what I'm saying. Well, they did win a Super Bowl with Jim McMahon and get to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Those, uh, not that they are franchise quarterbacks, either one of them, obviously. No. Just, just pointing out the facts yeah. on that. But, it, I mean, this is a nightmare scenario. Because, like, I walked in today and I had a conversation with Hembo of Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time, about how unbelievable this position is for the Bears. Because, theoretically, you could ha- not have either one of them. You could say, we're going to trade Fields. And we're going to trade the number one pick, and we are just going to stockpile everything. And what you guys are presenting is the Bears fan mindset of, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to trade Fields. He'll be better with Atlanta than he was with us. And we're going to pass on Drake May because we're going to take Caleb Williams, and Drake May is going to become C.J. Stroud, and we're going to get Bryce Young. Who you also passed on last yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's like the Jets. I have a lot of Jets fans uh, that are friends That's of mine. how the Jets fans feel. So yes. when, exactly when Trevor Lawrence, it was Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they just assumed if they got the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence was going to be a bust. Because he's wearing their uniform. Yeah. That's how the Jets fans felt. Boy, you just ruined people's days in Chicago today. But no, I didn't. They're already thinking it. They already feel that way. We're, <laughs> just, we're just saying what they already feel. Yeah, where do you think I came up with this? Talking yeah. to my Bears fr- friends. My Bears fans friends? Bears fans friends, yeah. They're a glass case of emotions when it comes to the draft. So they're Specifically not, quarterback. The Bears yeah, they're fans. a glass case of emotions. That's what it is. <laughs> they're not the ones that are getting it done today, the Bears, I guess, in your minds. But uh, CeCe Granger is, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, Ryan Poles is going to get it done at the Combine. He's going to get something done. He's going to get it done. Yeah. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello, our producer, each and every day at this time, you give us the items around your life, sports, entertainment, that you're over. Your sponsorship here. What do you have for us, Pat? Uh, By the way, big Flyers game tonight uh, out on the Sixers. uh, Let's go. I'm pretty surprised by you guys because I have been playing car songs all day and nobody seems to have noticed a single time. Literally every segment we've come back and I've come back with a car song and nobody noticed. You know what? No wasted space. No wasted space. Wow. You have. I didn't know. Uh, You know what? We've been asleep at the wheel. Tip of the cap to (laughs) Pat. We've been asleep at the wheel. That's a great job. Good one. Drive my car. Life is a highway. Slow ride. I never picked up on that once. That's a great job by you. We were talking about Jovante's car yep. that had issues, and I said that there's a lot of people around the world that I believe will do anything to get out of work. Jovante is not one of them, and that people would be fine with a car issue because it means that they could go home. Everyone seems to think I'm crazy, and good job by you. Yes, thank you, Nuno, on the no-wasted. I think I say no-wasted real estate, but yes, no-wasted space. You're right about that. Absolutely. That's Sad. us. That's on us. Sad. Nuno's yeah. right and Pat's right and we are wrong. Our bad, Pat. You're right. Good yeah. job. Good job by you. Sad effort. Anyway, next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over adult men who push children out of the way at baseball games or whatever sporting event, I guess, to get autographs. Ugh. Like, grow up. You look ridiculous leaning over the top of a five-year-old child trying to get Shohei Otani's autograph. But what if you're doing it for your kid or a kid that you know? None of those people no. are doing it for their kid or else their kid send your would be kid standing there. You got to send your kid to do it? Yeah, like if my kid... what if your kid can't reach over the fence to get it So I took my son to the NBA store. I would accompany them to the fence, and I would help them. You would try to lift them up? Yeah. Okay. I took my son to the NBA store a couple years ago for an autograph session, and I stood back, and I said, like, all right, there you go. You got to get up there if you want to get, you know, towards the front. I mean, I had a connection. I got to the front line anyway. But nonetheless... Wow! um, (laughs) Wow! The point is, I can't be the one trying to get the player's autograph. That's weird. A lot of guys won't sign for adults. Good! Because they know that they're just trying to sell it, and they want to make sure that they're devoting that time to the kids who are there. Yeah, I would only sign one thing per person. 
Mm. Like, kid, adult, doesn't matter. I'm only signing one thing per person. Yeah, that's smart. So make sure you have that thing that you want me to sign because I'm not signing a glove and a towel or a mini helmet or a football. I'm not signing multiple things. If you have one thing, I'll sign it, keep it pushing. But don't sit here and try to get me to sign multiple things. And here's the one part I don't like, and to Pat's point, why he's over it. The whole double back thing, like I used to find people that would actually get me to sign one thing. They would go into the back of the line and work their way back to the front oh, that's as so if I didn't bad. remember their face. Or they would find another place on the fence. And as I'm working my way down, think that I'm going to sign something again for them. Like those people are the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. Best, also also best the on- worst are people in airports or hotels who hang out to try to get autographs. Like have some self-respect. Fair. Best autograph person I've ever seen in my life. I've, and this may surprise some people. I've never seen someone better with autographs than Randy Moss. I'm not okay. kidding. I was at a charity softball game that Randy Moss was playing in. He signed every single kid's autograph until every kid left the stadium. That's cool. He would not sign adults, which I agree with him. He signed every – I literally saw him walking around the entire state at, at Roger Dean, mm-hmm. actually, in, in Jupiter. Like, it was unbelievable. People can make up what they want to say about Randy Moss. I've seen that man in action do amazing things for kids. That's awesome that he's going to sign for every single kid in the building. I'm curious, though, why, why wouldn't you sign for adults? How did you take the negative out of that? I'm just asking. Why I don't would, understand. I just, I just don't understand that. You went with it. the negative on that just, one? What is understand. with you today? I, I, I'm just asking a question. Some some guys that I have covered wouldn't sign for adults because they know they're trying to monetize yeah. the autograph. But that's not every adult that's asking you to sign something. But I think that at least in the, the rare instances that I've spoken to people who that's how they elect to go about this, they want to spend more time chatting with kids or signing for kids okay. rather than giving adults something that they could try to sell on okay. eBay. I, I love how CC. I'm saying this wonderful I, I, thing about a guy that at times has had in his career a bad rap. And I'm telling you, don't believe that. And you're wondering why he didn't sign for the no, 70 year old. First of all, I don't think Randy Moss has a bad reputation. Like, yeah, me He like, does I, it now, I, I but it went back. he has back. a bad reputation. Yeah. Like, I didn't think he was, I didn't ever oh, think he was a bad then. guy. Yeah. yeah. Go watch the Dynasty, they bring that up. Okay. Back in the day. Just saying. Six rings later. Uh, anyway, uh, next one, Pat. Hey, speaking of dynasties, uh, Scotty Pippen and this no bull oh, tour God, thing. Give me a break. Is a bunch of bull. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, why are we still litigating what happened with the bulls in the 90s? Can we just move past it, Scotty Pippen? Well, Get over it. What would he like to be said? Michael has said he would never have won as many championships without Scotty Pippen. Right. He has said that. Scotty Pippen refused to go in a game when Michael wasn't there and Kukoc hit a game winner and saved him. Scotty Pippen is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest defensive players to ever play this sport. He is an all-time great. What's the issue? Well, he wasn't portrayed well in that last dance documentary, right? The playoff series where he's got a contract dispute with the organization. Was it not true? Then he had a migraine. I'm just... I'm not saying that it's not true. It's just how he was portrayed. I can right. understand why he doesn't like it and why he wants to try to set the record straight and have a little bit of revisionist history. I mean, we all know the facts of the matter. Sure. But I can understand why a player's ego would be a little bit hurt in terms of how people are framing their legacy. I get it. I understand where it's coming from. I just don't think that this is going to help matters by going on the no bull tour. Yeah, but everybody's trying to monetize what they can on the heels of the last dance. And if he wants to try to get his POV out there and cash some checks in the meantime, whatever. Don't, Everybody don't knows Don't try the to get back in the good graces of Chicago. Who would go to this? Would you go to this? 
Like, would a are Bulls I mean, fan? Going, like, if but... they make an appearance in Chicago, would a Bulls fan go to this? No, but aren't they doing it abroad? Yeah, they're doing it in like Australia. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Longly. Exactly. They were doing it in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know no better. <laughs> no. Like, we love the Bulls. <laughs> exactly. Next one, Pat. Uh, I'm still not over this one. You can absolutely not let a family member wear a jersey of an opposing team or a rival. I don't even think you can let a family member wear a jersey of someone in your same conference. Is this the Sylvie thing you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so Mark Sylvie from ESPN 1000 has his son wearing um, the Vikings, the Justin Jefferson. That's Braxton, I believe. I got the name wrong last week, so I apologize to Braxton Silverman. Um, I agree with Pat on this. It's my son... Went to a Nets game with his basketball team. Like, the whole team went. The coach is wonderful, and he took them. Coach John, shout out to him. He's amazing. He bought a Mikel Bridges t-shirt jersey. I'm a little uncomfortable with it as a Heat fan. Mikel Bridges happens to be a great guy. Yeah. Great. Like, at least he's buying, like, that guy. But I don't like it. You have quite literally picked every <laughs> single front-running team to be a fan of. Well, the Nets aren't good enough for him to wear that jersey. Right, but you can't be upset if your son is trying to forge his own path and wear other jerseys other than the teams that you have elected to cheer for based on their success. No, but that's what Pat's saying. Pat's saying, if I'm a front-running fan, but I am a Heat fan, great win last night at Sacramento, Like <laughs> I should... Keep him in a heat jersey at all times. I just remember Landon Collins during signing day deciding to go with Alabama and his mom being furious because oh. she's an LSU fan. She stormed out. Oh, she stormed she's out. So mad. Right. She's like, I'm an LSU fan. You're on to something. <laughs> I'm just saying. Jacoby Brissett's mom wanted him to go to Miami. He went to Florida. It was a whole thing. I agree. I think we're all agreeing somehow. Maybe not. I'm not. Okay. We're on Sports Night. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.